0: at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf.
1: Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. We are talking today about building a community around products and services. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help elevate the quality of leadership across the world and work with those leaders to co-create a thriving future. Our work includes assisting leaders in identifying disruptive trends and developing strategies to transform themselves and their organizations to thrive now and into the future. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that today our guest is Mitch Russo. In 1985, Mitch founded Time Slips Corporation, which nine years later was sold to Sage. While While at Sage, Mitch ran all of U.S. as COO, which included a division of 300 people. In 2008, Mitch, Chet Holmes, and Tony Robbins created Business Breakthroughs International, serving thousands of businesses a year with coaching, consulting, and training. Mitch was the president and CEO. He also published the books, The Invisible Organization, which is the CEO's guide to transitioning a traditional brick-and-mortar company into a virtual organization, and Power Tribe's How certification can explode your business, which is a blueprint for building profitable certification programs. So today we're going to talk about building a community around products and services and how essential that is and when done properly can be immensely rewarding, but leaders have to take the time to do it correctly. Leaders must spend the time to deeply understand what their tribe members want and need, then devise a way to give it to them while providing a path to evolve individually and together as a group. Good leaders will stay focused on being a true leader and lead the vision, personally and with purpose. So, Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. I'm delighted to have you today.
2: Maureen, it's an honor to be here with you. Thank you.
1: So, do you want to tell our guests and our listeners any more about yourself, or do you want to jump into the content?
2: Let's jump in.
1: Okay. Okay. So how, as a leader, did you build a community around the products and services offered by your company?
2: Well, that's a great question. It's, it's a multifaceted question. Uh, what I'd like to do is relate it to where we're at today, if, if that's okay.
1: Absolutely.
2: So as we speak, our world is on lockdown with this coronavirus, and many businesses have been affected. Uh, some, of course, are shut down. <clears throat> Others have a chance to become much bigger than they ever were before. And those are the people today who have that belief and have that vision are the ones that I think could benefit most by what we're about to talk about. You see, having a vision for a future means that you include many people in your community, and your community can be worldwide or local. But in in this day and age, when we think about a community – because of the reach of, of electronics, the internet, et cetera, our community can can have tentacles all over the world. When it comes to what I do and when it comes to the work I've done with building a huge certification programs for others and for myself, what it comes down to is a common goal, common purpose, common thread, and common vision. And so when I am advising people on how to do this, My first question is, who are you? What is your why? Why should I care? And who are the people that care about you? Does that make sense?
1: It absolutely does. And as we're going through this, I'm going to answer the questions because it's as important to me as it is to many of our listeners. So uh, what is my why is to elevate the quality of leadership around the world so that they can deal with the kinds of issues we're facing today.
2: Excellent. And so listeners, if you have a similar message, and you have a passion around your topic as Maureen does, then the question here is, do you have intellectual property that surrounds that process? Have you invented something that when deployed properly can cause a transformation in people or companies? And if you answered yes to that question, then really the next step is another simple question. Can you teach it to others so that they can create the same transformation as you can. And Maureen, if that's a fair question, I would ask it of you. Can you teach what you have developed to others and can they then deploy that in their communities to create similar transformations as you can?
1: So we can and we have both we do. I just created or just finished the case study for an IT leaders program where we have run for about four years, and we have a certification program to teach others to deliver that. So I'm really curious about, as we move into the conversation, how might I and others leverage the, the years that we've invested in learning how to do something to share it with others more effectively? Of course.
2: So really at this stage, if you've done that and if and you've already created a, a certification at, at a particular level, uh, then we're talking to people who haven't. Because as you know, Maureen, in order to build a true certification program, it needs to start with this intellectual property. And it needs to be structured in such a way inside of a learning management system, that, which is a software tool so that others can, on their computers, log in and take lessons at their own pace, study those lessons, and then complete exams proving that they've learned the material. And once they've completed a, this body of work, then what they have done is they have shown you that they understand what you're doing and can um, can certify in the sense to test out and say, yes, I test. That I understand it. The next real part of this is once you understand it, now what are the rules surrounding how you use it? Now, we call that culture. And the mistakes that I've made growing up (laughs) and starting these certified programs without a culture uh, have, 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 virtually crashed my company. I had to start over and rebuild it. Uh, and now we, we do is we work with clients to prevent them from doing the same thing. So the next step is once you have this incredible body of knowledge and you have it contained in a learning management system that has the capability of of transporting someone from where they are to where you and they want to be with this intellectual property, the next step is how do I interact in a community that allows me to get focused on deploying this material with clients in particular? And the way we do this is we build a code of ethics. Now, code of ethics, in my case, is a document that I um, that I use with my clients, which has 38 points of, of critical elements in, in this code of ethics. And using ethics, using this code, we create a culture. So I have a simple definition of culture. A culture has a leader. In this case, Maureen, it would be you. The code of ethics are the things that they can and cannot do. And that would be defined by you as well. And then the third step is once I agree and once I am enrolled in this program and once I am playing in this sandbox, if you will, this structured space where I have total freedom within the confines of this code of ethics, now the question is, what do I do with it? So... This is the process. Once you get your materials set up the way the way we've described, and once you build your code of ethics and create this culture, the next step is to help the people who've been certified get clients. And there's the magic to the programs that that uh, I like to work on, because in many cases, I'm sure as you've seen, people can purchase like coach certification, and What happens at the end of that process is, yes, they've studied some material. They probably spent a month or two or more studying this material. And at the end, they pass a test and then they get a certificate. But usually they're on their own at that point. That's not certification to me.
1: Okay, that's interesting because as you point to coaches, and lots of other um, assessment tools and a lot of things in this space, and presumably also technology spaces and others. Typically, the certification does stop at, we deliver the skills to you. It doesn't extend in a robust way to helping people generate revenue.
2: Right. And, and that's because most people don't create the ecosystem around themselves. Around their company, around their material, and without that ecosystem, it's really hard for someone who's passionate about leadership to become all of a sudden a uh, you know a, a proficient prospector, for example. Uh, you know, it's not you know most people's first level of skill. It's it's their their true skills are in whatever the transformation you just taught them to perform is,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or in that same area. So now they're stuck. With this knowledge and the certificate and no clients, that doesn't sound like a great formula to me, but look, we've all been there. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so what would be really ideal? I mean, in many cases, my clients not just provide an environment to to get leads, but to actually take on client work directly with and from the company. So, to me, what makes sense is that we build an infrastructure that delivers a steady stream of qualified prospects to our certified consultants and then helps structure the consulting or coaching process engagement so that it's both productive and profitable for both the coach and the company. And that's part of what building a power tribe is all about. That's why the name of my book is called power tribes.
1: Okay. So, so that sounds like it is where the magic happens that most people don't do.
2: That's a big part of it. It, There's more to it. Uh, there's a, um, you know, the, 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 there's subtle components of this that are very, very important. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, what we want to do is we want to create an ecosystem and as part of building this ecosystem we also want to create recurring revenue streams for the founder of the company who's who's begun this process and created certification and so what we do is we model the business with certification partners and when I mean model, I mean we literally create a two-dimensional model of the company that shows exactly where certification can not only affect but impact the company in a very powerful way. Then, once we have this model built, we we then create the systems necessary. And I'm talking about the lead generation systems, the CRM systems uh, surrounding the process to ensure not just generation of lead flow, but the verification that these leads are being handled properly by our certified coaches. And there's the magic. Now, my background is in engineering, so I love systems. And I think in a systems mindset. So when we work on certification together, we're creating several key systems that build this this overlapping recurring revenue system and for our certified coaches in the same way we do it as well.
1: Okay, so we have about three more minutes in this segment. So I'm going to repeat back a little bit of what I heard. Um, I start with the why and then I need to have intellectual property. I need to have it in an LMS. I need to have my code of conduct uh, which I uh, use a license agreement that that spells out a lot of that. Where I fall short, and I assume many others do, is we've got all the stuff to train people, but we don't have all of the, and we have a lead gen system and we have a CRM system. We're just not good at it.
3: Right. So,
1: So while we have systems, the point isn't to pick the system. It's to actually be good at that. What would you recommend to someone like me? Well,
2: the reason that most people aren't good at it is because it's not your core expertise. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so there are people who have that core expertise, but but frankly they're expensive. But what would happen if you were build, building a system that created the revenue that would guarantee access to those people and in fact create a very powerful system of lead generation for your company as well as your certified coaches. That's the way we do it. When we structure the price, so most people pick a price out of thin air. How much is certification? And people kind of, like I said, pick a price out of thin air. What we do is we apply a formula to deliver to us the ideal price so that we can charge a amount for certification that will that people will want to pay year after year to stay involved with the company, and the reason you the reason that they will stay involved with the company year after year and pay certification year after year is because of the ROI that certification delivers. So here's an example: if we pick a number, twenty five thousand dollars for certification, if we can show them and we can deliver. A hundred to three hundred thousand dollars in return on that twenty five thousand they'd probably want to pay twenty five thousand again next year wouldn't you agree
1: I would pay twenty five thousand next year to get three hundred
2: <laughs> exactly and that's the systems that we build and and again, you know once you have ten twenty fifty eighty a hundred people paying you twenty five thousand dollars a year for certification, it gives you lots of resources to build not just lead gen, like leads Mm -hmm. that you generate, but actual PR programs for your certification partners in their local area.
1: Mitch, we're going to go on break. This is fabulous content. Uh, For our listeners, if anyone is interested in building a community around the thing you're passionate about. I encourage you to think about what that Mitch has talked about. Do you already have and do well? And where are your gaps? We're talking about mine. Each of us are going to have places where we might be different. We will be right back. This is Maureen Metcalf and Mitch Russo. And we're talking about building a community around products and services.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Your Future. You are joining Maureen Metcalf and Mitch Russo, and we're talking about building a community around products and services. So in segment two, we're going to talk about meeting the needs. So, Mitch, what's the key to deeply understand what the tribe members want and need? And I assume sometimes want and need are different.
2: Yes, that's a very good observation. One of the things that um, we all have is we have natural attraction. People are attracted to us, to our content, to our company, uh, to our books, to our presentations. And those are the folks who we resonate with naturally. And it's important to understand what that is. We need to discover the, the nitty-gritty of what it is we do that people enjoy and, and feel compelled to connect with us about Once we know that, the goal will be at that point to take a leadership role and make sure that they get more of that. So I'll give you an example. Um, When I first built, my very first certification program was for my software company, and that was called Timeslips Corporation. And uh, other than having a bad start where I got into a bunch of trouble because I didn't know how to do it right, after I restarted it, we were able to build a, a program with 350 certified consultants paying us every year. And as a bonus, without us even realizing, it became our third largest sales channel because after asking over and over again, I finally allowed them to resell our products. Silly me. I didn't even realize what was happening. I was a little naive about it. Uh, But the point is, is that what they really wanted was they wanted to generate a living by working with clients supporting our software in the environment our software lived in. And that for us was legal and accounting firms. So we had people, consultants. In fact, we were able to mobilize the internal staff at local law firms who used our product to want to go out and help others. That was the nature of the people that joined our program. So I could tell you a a very interesting little story if we have a moment, Um, we we had a client, the, the way this whole thing started is we had a very important client in Los Angeles and I was sitting in my office in Essex, Massachusetts at the time and this person was having severe problems uh, with our software, and she was an important person. She was the uh, uh, the head of the technology division for the Los Angeles Bar Association. So needless to say, we wanted to help her <laughs> and so uh, and she says, "Well, you better get out here right now and fix my computer, or else I'm going to tell the world how crappy your software is." And I, I, of course, panicked. (laughs) And I said, don't worry, we'll we'll help you. Don't worry, we'll get you fixed up. And I I didn't know what to do. I mean, I couldn't even get a flight out for another few days. So I had this thought, why don't I call somebody, another customer who's local? And I happened to pick someone who had heard me speak at a local event. And she recognized me immediately when I called. I said, hi, is this Ann? And she said, yes. I said, hi, this is Mitch Russo. And she goes, Mitch Russo? I said, yes. She goes, oh, I saw you speak. You are wonderful. I said, Ann, that's wonderful. Hey, I have a, a little favor to ask you, and I'm happy to pay you to do this. And I asked her, would you go over and see if you could help this woman get her time slips software straightened out? And she said, oh, I would love to, and please don't even think of paying me. So I gave her the information. She went over there. She fixed the problem, and I get a phone call later that night. And she says, Mitch, I had a great experience. We got it up and running. We're, we're going to be friends now. She's wonderful. And, um, and you're not going to believe it. I said, what's that? She goes, she gave me $100. And I said, well, Ann, I'm so happy. I'm really pleased. Thank you so much. It was a huge favor. And then she said the words that changed my life. She said, and if you know anybody else in the Los Angeles area that needs help, Please let me know. I'd be happy to help them. And that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I said, wow, imagine if I had 20, 30, 50, 100, 300 ands all over the country who would want to have a business where they would go and help people with software, our software in particular. That's how we built this community, over this desire to help others, this desire to be in business for yourself as a coach slash consultant. And once we put this community together, we became very responsive to their needs. That was the nature of leading a community like this.
1: So being responsive to the needs of your consultants.
2: Exactly. And, And wanting to give them not just what they needed, but what... They truly wanted, and in many cases, what they wanted was they wanted to be part of something bigger than themselves, and once I opened the door and let them in, made them part of something bigger than themselves, that's when the amplification factor really took over for me.
1: So can you define what you mean by the amplification factor?
2: Sure. So once I started letting people in and sharing with them, once I started setting days aside every time I traveled to a different city and invited my local certified coaches and consultants to dinner with me. I mean, I'd have a a dining room with 15, 20 certified coaches and consultants in that room. And for three hours, we just got to know each other. We talked, we answered questions. I shared information with them. The next step which, and again, this came almost as a request, next step was I put together a symposium and I invited them all to come out to Essex, Massachusetts and spend three days uh, learning about the advanced features of our software, about getting a peek into the future as we unveiled new features, as we collected feedback as to what they wanted the software to do and what they wanted the company to do to support them. When we understood this, we started doing things in response to that. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we got several requests to help them set up local speaking engagements in their community. So what did we do? We hired a PR intern from college and had her connect with every one of our certified consultants and start setting up local speaking gigs at the local bar associations, at the local BNI meetings, Uh, at at all these little places at the Rotary Clubs, and they loved it, and they would brag about it. And so what this did is we had this incredible word of mouth where people just kept talking about us as this place that, I mean, we were a tiny little company in one office in Essex, Massachusetts, but we had 350 offices all over the country. Those were our certified consultants. And remember, they were paying us. We were not paying them. They were paying us to be part of this community, and they were our representatives in local cities all over the world, really, and we were able to deploy them to client offices and we can share in that revenue. So if we help them get an engagement uh, and and they charge X dollars per hour, we were able to take 50% of those fees, and that, again, became another way to create recurring revenue for us as a company. Make sense?
1: Yes, it absolutely does. And so that leads us into the next question. How do you balance the need to develop them individually and together as a group? Because I'm imagining as we think about what your tribe wants and needs, if you have a fairly diverse tribe, you're going to have fairly diverse wants and needs.
2: This is true. And that's why when we built our systems, we built in continuous personal development So that at every level, at any level, and continuously, we always had offerings where they can get involved in learning environments with us. Some of them were free, some of them were paid, but they were always available and available at every level. And here's another thing, and this is kind of the secret sauce of some of the things that we do. When we build a program, we don't just build a certified coach or consultant program, We build in ascension, and ascension means that after you're in the program for a year and after you've had X number of clients, you could rise to the next level and become a mentor. And for those people who love that type of activity, it turns them into not just coaches helping clients, now they're helping other coaches, and they're sharing in those other coaches' revenue stream for being a mentor. That's powerful.
1: Okay, so say I am then a a quote master coach in your program, how and do participants choose to invest in a mentor or are they assigned mentors? How does that work? Or is there, it depends. Well, in year
2: one, the way we typically do it is the company that's hosting the program supports their coaches, their certification partners. In other words, they're there to answer questions, they're there to make sure that the training goes smoothly, they're there on their first two or three client assignments holding their hand to make sure that the assignment goes well and the client is happy. Well, as the program grows, that can get pretty unwieldy. That's a very, very big responsibility once you start hitting 100 people. Well, in year two, we take those first 100, and out of those, some 20 or so will want to be mentors, and they pay for that privilege. And now as mentors, we assign them our newest coaches to mentor. And when they mentor them, the coach gets the new coach gets that for free, but the mentor gets rewarded once that coach graduates and starts taking on clients. So typically the mentor would receive 15% of what their coach/slash student or apprentice uh, uh, actually delivers and develops in terms of revenue, and that mentor can have up to ten apprentices and can still take on their own clients. So that's the power of building a mentorship program, a multi-tiered mem- a mentorship program that supports both the coach, the company, and your newest members into your community, your newest coaches.
1: And so, I'm say I'm in year two. I'm a, a new newly certified person and it's now I now have to pay my mentor am I required to continue to work with that mentor or I'm going to choose to just because I want to get better
2: Well we assign you the mentor and you could say no I don't want one and that's fine but then you're you're not going to be able to take on clients as quickly see the whole idea is that when you, Certify another person or in this case an entity, uh, you are putting your name, your brand on that on that company on that individual, yep. and that means that if they go into a company and they screw it up to to speak bluntly, it's yep. your responsibility period mm-hmm. it's your name yep. it's your responsibility. so what that means is that if you don't clean it up and you don't fix it, you're in trouble. Well, this means that you're not going to let too many people out of the out of the horse barn until they are fully trained. And in fact, it will also mean that you'll want to accompany them either electronically, verbally, or, you know, or in any other way, even physically, uh, on their first few assignments to ensure that they really know their stuff can handle a client engagement. That's required of building a true and powerful certification program and if you then get to the point where they've gone through one, two or three clients and they've proven competency they no longer need a mentor. In fact, later that year they too can become a mentor if they like.
1: Okay, so that makes sense and that's one of the so so we are big enough that we have people out doing work and one of the constraints is one we don't, we haven't given them enough clients so that it's really an issue, but it's it's my bandwidth and one other colleague, who can really help oversee client delivery.
2: Well, l- let me tell you how to get clients very 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 quickly for your certified coaches and consultants. And I'm gonna I'm gonna really abbreviate this. There's much more detail in the book. Uh, so the idea would be, let's say you have. In in the history of your company, I'm using round numbers, Maureen, I have no idea what your numbers would be. Let's say you had 100 clients, uh, or even 1000 clients, let's say. Uh, But if I took a look at your database, you probably had 20,000 prospects that didn't turn into clients. Well, what would happen if you went back to those prospects and said, "Look, we tried. You know, we talked to you once before about you buying our product, or you licensing our software, or you working with our company. Uh, But now we have a new program that, if you decide to to license our products, we're going to attach a certified consultant slash coach to you free for the for four total sessions. So you're going to get not just the product you would have paid for before, but a free coach." For four live one-on-one sessions, what do you think? Would you like to step forward and make that purchase now? Some percentage are going to say yes very, very rapidly, and that's going to create a surge in business for you, but it's also going to create a surge in prospects for your certification team, and that means that your certified coaches are going to coach them for free for two, three, or four sessions so that they get to build a relationship with those people and then upsell them to more coaching down the road. That's how we get our first surge of prospects for our certified consultants as soon as our first pilot class is complete. Then as they continue to enroll, and as we continue to uh, generate revenue from certification year after year, we then earmark 15% of that revenue for lead gen for our certified consultants or coaches. We then hire a professional lead gen organization to come in at the budget levels that we've described and start generating lead flow for them. The other thing we can do is we, we have employed some very creative ways of getting our certified coaches and consultants to add to that lead flow on their own by, calling, by, by creating a co-op program So we then say, look, we're creating a co-op program. If you're one of our coaches, you could pay, you know, pick a number of $261 a month and you will get round robin leads as they come in from this very special program of which your money is funding. So if you're not happy with the number of leads we're giving you, here's a way to get more leads. And they actually fund the lead generation by their fees and at the same time using your professional talent behind the scenes to help generate those leads.
1: I like that that's a really comprehensive approach and it I'm assuming you've had significant success often.
2: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Perfect. This is a great time for a break. This is Maureen Metcalf and Mitch Russo. And Mitch is walking us through how to build a community around products and services. And he's just talked about how do we move from certification to actually financially supporting the program through lead gen and mentoring to to scale. We'll be
3: right back.
1: Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. You are joining Maureen Metcalf and Mitch Russo. We're talking about building a community around products and services. And because we are currently... As we're recording this in lockdown in our our, uh, mutual homes, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about working virtually and connect it to the work that Mitch has done already uh, to build businesses. So, Mitch, can you give us some insight into the work you've done around helping organizations and individuals work virtually?
2: Yes. Uh, You know, when I I wrote the book, The Invisible Organization, and it's really all about how brick and mortar businesses can transition to virtual operation. And today we're in that world again, uh, as we were back five, seven years ago. And here's the most important thing that I can share in a short period of time. What it comes down to is planning and leadership. It always comes down to that. If you just send people home without a plan, you're going to end up with some chaos, whether you like it or not. However, if you take the time to create a transition plan and start making sure that the systems that you have in place can handle work from home and and not just the the work, but the tracking of the work, A, and the security of that connection, then you're in good shape. What we have been able to do is help clients transition to a completely virtual organization. Uh, And then the phrase I like to use is unlock the superpowers of being virtual and how it can then catapult your business to the next level. So many people today uh, who have brick and mortar businesses have what I call client facing businesses. I mean, if you're a dentist, uh, you're not going to be taking new clients lately because of the coronavirus. And you really can't do your work virtually. Uh, and, And but yet there are elements of your business that could have been converted long ago to virtual operation. And certainly this same goes, holds true um, if you're a restaurant, but less so, because now restaurants have turned into a huge wave of meal delivery services, and some of them are finding that it's actually more profitable to deliver meals than it is to serve people in a dining room. And they never would have done that before, never would have found that out unless this this coronavirus uh, tragedy, if you will, would have overtaken the country the way it has. So the way to do it is to think about in advance how to plan it, make sure the security is in place, make sure you have a structured plan in place. And the next step is right up your alley, Maureen. It's leadership. And without leadership, without the ability to communicate, you know, one of my favorite phrases that I that I've used over and over again is that the CEO's job is simply to create and communicate and anything else should be delegated. The CEO should be the creative individual who creates the the value proposition for the whole company and communicates that most effectively to both clients and to your staff. And when you go virtual it becomes even more valuable and more important to communicate continuously the idea is not to be the ceo in the office that sits there with the door closed and 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 rule from afar instead you are on video you are on phone calls you are literally on meetings with your with your people every day you are leading you are with them you are showing support you are making sure they understand that your passion is part of this company and will never be anything but And you share that passion with your teams and you get them excited about leadership in this new environment as well. That's what true virtual operation is about.
1: So how, let's shift to tools and tactics. Yeah. How do you communicate continuously at this point in time? Again, it, it is a completely relevant conversation. We've got a lot of clients who had not planned to go virtual and here in Ohio, and again, I realize that this is recorded, so people will be listening after the fact. It was midnight last night where people were told they had no choice they're working from home today or they're not working. So how do you help people? I I know what I'm doing and I'm happy to talk about that, but I'd love to hear from you as the expert on some best practices about what you've seen to help people feel engaged as well as just read email.
2: You know, this is this is such a great question because it goes back to the first part of our conversation. <clears throat> How do we create a tribe? How do we create a true community of people? And there, you know, when you when you have to do it virtually, um, it's harder and easier at the same time. Mm. So here's what I mean. It's easier because what you do is you go on Slack, Slack.com. It's free for everybody, uh, but larger organizations will want to pay because they have a, I think it's a 10,000 message limit. Uh, it, that may have changed since the last time I checked. But the idea is you create open rooms where people can share and you can name rooms like, you know, silly silly banter. And so people can just blow off steam or just come in there and chat. You have other rooms with say message from Mitch, where if I'm the CEO, I'm going to be in that room sharing Inspirational content all throughout the day, and answering questions all throughout the day. And if you say, "Well, Mitch, uh, I'm the CEO, and my job is to do all these other things," say, "Great. Well, you, now your job is to do this too. You are building the, you are building the relationship with your own people that you never had before. And then, of course, it would be nice if you had an evening chat." And that would mean every day at 6 o'clock, you open up a phone line or you open up a Zoom room and you get on video and you talk about your day and you ask people to share what the experience has been like with on their day as well. And this will bring your company together in a way… That you could never imagine. And by the way, I realize some listeners might have very large companies, so you do it on a departmental basis, but you could also lead your management team the same way I'm describing as well. If you have a small company, fantastic. Just do it. That's one very powerful way to do it. And stay involved. Help. Remember, your job is to serve. They have that term servant leadership. My definition of servant leadership is to make sure that your leaders are equipped with the tools they need to do the jobs that you've assigned them. That, to me, is what real servant leadership is about.
1: So opening Zoom rooms, I'm a big fan of that. and In fact, we're doing that with some of our leadership courses because people are struggling and don't necessarily have a... An appropriate place to go ask questions. And and some of my folks are using this almost like the agile stand-ups. We do a stand-up in the morning, we do a stand-up in the evening, and that just gives us a time to stay connected with the workflow. There's the emotional piece of feeling like I'm part of the tribe, and there's the physical workflow part that I need to have a sense of what's going on.
2: Yes, exactly. And that's Perfect. I love that. And, and it could be Zoom room. It, it, There's so many. It almost doesn't matter what tool you use. That you do it is the
1: most important yeah. thing. I love that. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so what else? Again, we're sitting in an unprecedented time in history. What do you want our listeners to be thinking about that will help them navigate to, to Both mitigate some of the fear and panic that they're having personally. And then second, to show up to deliver the very important work that keeps our community moving, especially if they're in the business of fulfillment of masks and safety equipment and all of the pieces and parts that go into making those things possible. Well. <clears throat> I'm going
2: to I'm going to channel my old business partner Tony Robbins here for a few minutes <laughs> if it's okay with you because sure. I mean what you're basically doing here is we need to the the listeners to this show today are going to need to take control of their state and in order to take control of the uh, of their once they take control of their state state of mind then then they could take control of the state of mind of the people who work with and for them so how to take control of your state is to focus on what is important right now Are your feelings important right now in the big picture of what's happening? No. What's important right now is stepping up and assisting everybody who works with you and for you to get their job done and to provide meaning for what they're doing. For you to remind them how important the work they're doing is. You talk about delivering masks. I mean, you don't have to remind those incredible people at hospitals who are serving all of us who, who are and may someday need their help. We don't have to tell them what meaning looks like. They get it. A lot of those folks aren't even being paid. They, 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 they're back from retirement. They left, other, they left the medical profession but came back to help. I mean, meaning is what gives everything purpose. And your job as a leader is to understand, define that meaning, sidestep your emotions and raise your state and, and by the way don't think it would be um, beside you to stand up and do jumping jacks before you get on the phone with your team
1: <laughs>
2: believe it or not it would it would elevate your state it would make you smile it would make you deep breathe deep and feel good feel more alive feel alive in the role that you're in because right now this is the time you didn't ask for this I didn't ask for this but this is the time that we're challenged to step up and mm-hmm. truly serve our, our population. So let's do that by motivating, by leading, by being creative, and by communicating.
1: Okay, so I'm typing those. Serve by motivating, leading, and cooperating.
2: Communicating, absolutely. Oh, sorry.
1: Beautiful. So again... I'm just kind of ad-libbing as we have this conversation and thinking about all of the people who are, yeah, who want to, as you point out, want to do something that's meaningful. How do I help when I'm stuck in my house?
2: Well, again, this is, it's all situational dependencies here. I, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, everybody is in a different situation. If you've been in a place before where you were in a you know, a client facing business where you literally called on clients or you, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give you a ex- simple example is a, a masseuse. There were, uh, you know, my girlfriend is a masseuse. She worked for the Marriott and still theoretically does, but she's out of business right now. Yeah. And so what she is doing is she's recording on YouTube uh, how to use simple household objects like, like tennis balls to massage your back. Uh, so she puts a tennis ball on the wall and she rolls her back in a certain way. And she describes what muscles to hit and how active to do those things. And to her, once she shares those on YouTube, it gives it gives her the feeling of contributing and it raises her state and feels as if she's helping others. Now, I don't know what everybody's situation is. It could be so many different ways. Uh, I've been posting Little challenges on Facebook all throughout the day and I'll continue to do so. I'm writing a series right now that I'm about to launch uh, for my own list, for my own people on how to get started. Now that you have all this extra time, how to get started on certification in your own world, even if you didn't you know, know what to do before or knew that you wanted to do this but found yourself too busy to get started. Well, you follow my my lead now and I'll help you get started and that's all free so you can find things to do for your own tribe the same way that's my recommendation
1: thank you as we are coming to the end of the show we've got two minutes left why don't you give us the one minute how do people find you get added to your list and continue to learn from your insight and the very important work you're doing
2: Well, thank you, Maureen. Thank you for asking. Uh, For those who are interested in certification, my suggestion would go to, um, there's two places, which is the powertribesbook.com, where you can buy the book on Amazon, but more importantly, you get a series of courses that are companions to the book for free. You'll also get on my certification list as well. Uh, if you're interested in working with me, or you're interested in some of the work, uh, the, the the work I've done with other clients, you can go to mitchrusso.com and you could access my uh, my top iTunes top 200 podcast called Your First Thousand Clients. Uh, at the same time, I've written several hundred blog posts on leadership. And on how to execute inside the organization, how to build sales teams, how to create not just certification programs, but radio campaigns and all kinds of powerful selling systems for your company. And then finally, um, if you just wanted to uh, go and look at some beautiful photographs, go to MitchRussoTravels.com, which is my um, my travel photography website, <laughs> which is what my true passion is.
1: Oh, interesting. So are you going to turn that into a business next?
2: Never, 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 never. never. No, (laughs) it was a business at one time and it led me to understand that I never want it to be a business.
1: Fabulous. Mitch, thank you so much. And to our listeners, one, I hope that you are doing things to be socially distant and safe and healthy and ensure the health of your family and your community and tribe. Second, we appreciate you joining us. Please like us on whatever channel you've listened and send me feedback, either info at InnovativeLeader.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook Innovating Leadership. We love your feedback and we want to tailor our program to ensure that we're giving you the value that you are hoping for when you invest your time in joining us. Thank you. Stay safe. And we look forward to you joining us in the near future.